Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast by Empire Sports Media. How's it going, Giants fans? Welcome back to Fireside Giants with Alex and Anthony here. If you're new to the channel, make sure to subscribe if you enjoy the video. And if you're a longtime viewer of the channel, make sure to hit that like button. Appreciate your support as always. And we're excited to talk about this upcoming divisional game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, the Eagles have better defense, to say the least, than the Vikings. So it's going to be a little bit more difficult to operate offensively than it was this past weekend in a dominant fashion. Um, but that doesn't mean they're not you know, they don't have their own vulnerabilities or liabilities. And, you know, setting the tone with the run game is going to be difficult. They have a very, very good stout front four. Um, they have good cornerbacks. Obviously, you got Darius Slay and James Bradbury, who we are familiar with. Um, and, and the Giants are going to have to find ways to beat this this team. And it's not going to be easy. Um, but I will say this. And Anthony just did a tremendous breakdown on Xavier McKinney and what he can do to make a difference. So check that out soon. It'll be dropping maybe a little bit later today. Um, so, guys. When it comes to stopping Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, it generally comes down to forcing him to turn the ball over and then capitalizing on those turnovers. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the other kind of pieces to this Eagles team, where there might be some room to operate, or where there might be some room to take advantage of them. Um, but Anthony, before we dive into it, how are you do today, my friend? I'm doing great. I'm diving into the film, trying to figure out what ways the Giants can take advantage of the flaws of the Eagles to find the win on Sunday. Of course, I'm super excited for this game, but it's going to be a tough one. The Giants are seven and a half point underdogs. No one's really expecting them to go into Philadelphia, beat the Eagles. I think I read the stat that the Giants haven't won a game in Philadelphia since 2013. It's been a long, long time. So now it's a must win game for the Giants on the road in the postseason. Maybe they can break that trend that this is the time to do it, right? If there was ever a time to break that losing streak in Philadelphia this is the time to do it in the postseason but we've seen the Giants in this position before underdogs on the road in the postseason they're road warriors when they get to the playoffs at least they have been in the past so this is obviously a huge matchup for the Giants and they are undermatched here they, they're playing a much better team the number one seed in the NFC but there are ways to win this game it's not like it's impossible for the Giants to come away with a victory and there's some things that we're going to discuss Alex that the Giants can take advantage of and exploit on in terms of the Eagles and maybe some of the mistakes that they've made this season, they can exploit those and hopefully at least make it competitive and maybe even try and secure an underdog victory. Right. So let's start with the Eagles offense and where their vulnerabilities may lie. And there's not many of them. They have a tremendous offensive line. They keep uh, Jalen Hurts pretty protected for the most part. Um, you know, he's he's definitely had a very good year. He has, what, 3,700 yards uh, passing with six interceptions and 22 touchdowns. And on the ground, um, he's equally as impressive. You know, this I mean, this is a tough guy to stop. He has 760 rushing yards um, and a couple touchdowns to boot. So, you know, when you're looking at stopping the Eagles, you got to stop Jalen Hurts. And to stop Jalen Hurts, you got to get through their offensive line. And what's going to be the most important thing? Pass rush. The Giants got a pass rush. They got to hit home very quickly. They cannot let uh, the Eagles dominate them uh, on the front four there because it's going to be difficult. They need Kayvon Thibodeau to step up big. They need Dexter Lawrence to have another dominant game. They need Leonard Williams to have another dominant game. If Aziz Ojolari can go, he's day to day right now with the quad injury. He's got to step up. They got to get unique with their blitz packages. They got to confuse Jalen Hurts. He's having a very good year, but he hasn't been that great the last couple of games. Obviously, he's obviously he was going through kind of an injury um, against the Giants most recently. A two hundred 
129 passing yards and an interception. He was sacked three times. This is against the Giants' backup team, right? They probably were not trying to off unload him and, and really trying to, uh, you know, kind of keep him safe. He only ran for 13 yards on nine rushes, so they were probably telling him, don't really go out of the pocket. We don't need you to do that. Now against Chicago in Week 15, which is the game he last played before that, he had three rushing touchdowns, but he had two passing interceptions. He has not been great over his last two appearances through the air. He has kind of struggled to a degree. Um, so that's something the Giants might be able to build upon. Now before that, you know, Week 14, 13, he was really good. He five inter- five touchdowns total, no interceptions, and he was running the ball effectively. So really the Giants are hoping that they get the worst version of Jalen Hurts. They're hoping they get the injured version of Jalen Hurts. Now, of course, we always want to see players at the top of the game. I'm not hoping he's injured at all. I'm just saying uh, that he might still be hurt and that may impact his game. Um, So, you know, if you're the Giants, you're not banking on that though. You're going into this saying he's 100% healthy. How do we stop him? And it all starts with the pass rush. Stopping A.J. Brown, easier said than done. He's a physical receiver. Um, You know, he's got some really good uh, hands and he's going to beat you on some occasions, just like Justin Jefferson. He's going to get you on some occasions, but Adoree Jackson, I have faith he can help, but then you have to deal with uh, Devonta Smith as well, who's also been electric this year. One of the better route runners in the league at the receiver position. How do you stop him when you have Fabian Moreau on him? And he's got those big long arms, those strides. Um, It's difficult to stop. So you know, Anthony, in my opinion, it starts and ends with the pass rush. If the pass rush hits home, they throw Jalen Hurts off his game. They force him to run the football. If he's not feeling altogether that great and you have a spy on him, that's going to really limit how the, the Eagles attack this Giants team. Uh, but at the end of the day, if the pass rush isn't at home, it's going to be really hard to stop them. And I don't think that we can match them offensively with the state of their defense being so much better than the Vikings. So when you're looking at what the Giants have to do here, what do you think it is? Because for me, it's pass rush, pass rush, pass rush. Kick the hell out of Jalen Hurts, and you got to get him out of the pocket, and you got to have guys wrapping up those tackles. You cannot afford to miss tackles um, when he's in the open field or when he's trying to escape that pocket. You got to wrap him up. You can't let him get away. Yeah, for me, defensively, the key is kind of the opposite from what you're saying for the New York Giants. They have to stop the run. If you look at that Week 14 matchup, Giants versus Eagles, the Giants got demoralized in the running game. The Eagles ran for 253 yards in that game. They literally ran the ball at will against the New York Giants. That is a recipe for disaster. The Giants cannot win games if they're lighting up over 200 yards on the ground in the postseason. So the number one thing that the Giants need to fix from their last matchup, their last matchup with starters, that is, against the Eagles, they need to stop the run better because they cannot get ran all all, all over again like that by the Eagles and expect to win. Now, if you look at the Giants' uh, loss, the 16-22 to loss in Week 18 against the Eagles, Jalen Hurts did throw an interception in that game. And Jalen Hurts only threw six interceptions all season long, but two of them came against Chicago, so that's a quarter of them right there but if you look at those interceptions there is a pattern to them and Alex it's something that you mentioned now it's single high safety looks it's cover three it's cover one when there's that deep safety the the Eagles really like to do this thing where they'll send one receiver on an over route and they'll send one receiver on a go route or a post route whatever they'll take two receivers attack that single high safety try to make him make a bad decision that's the whole goal there and then you throw it up to AJ Brown more likely than not and he goes up there and usually makes a catch but the Giants benefit because that's the way that the Eagles like to create their explosive plays, attacking single high safeties, just like that. But they have Xavier McKinney, and he can be the difference maker. And so that's what you mentioned there earlier, Alex. I have a film breakdown coming out, which will explain exactly how Xavier McKinney can be the reason that the Giants win this game. But that is going to be the key. If Xavier McKinney can just get his hands on one of those footballs, make a big time play, that can be the difference between winning and losing for the New York Giants. So my two keys for the Giants defense here, and I have a few for the offense as well, because pass rush, you mentioned it that 
goes both ways. But for the Giants defense, stop the run. Do not let Philadelphia run all over you and capitalize on Jalen Hurts' mistakes because he throws them sometimes and gets bailed out by his wide receiver talents. But if you can bait him into making one or two bad throws, that can change the course of the game. So really, winning the turnover battle is the number one thing for the New York Giants. Offense, defense, whatever the case might be, the turnover battle means more than anything into this game because in all three of the Eagles' losses this season, they turned the ball over. Now, the Giants just won against the Vikings. They had zero turnovers in that game. It was a perfect, clean game from the offense. We need another one of those. If the Giants can play another perfectly clean game but just force one or two turnovers out of the Eagles... That could be the difference. So it's really just about capitalizing on those mistakes and making the plays. When you get a turnover, don't settle for three. You got to get six points out of it on the other end. So that's really what it is for me. If the Giants can capitalize on some of those Eagles mistakes, bait them into some of those mistakes, but also stop the run, they can go ahead and pull off the upset. But if the Giants go into this game on Sunday, they, they throw some interceptions, they fumble the ball, whatever the case might be. If they turn the ball over, they're going to be playing from behind the entire game. And that is a recipe for losing the football game. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like you said, uh, another element to the argument is the run, stopping the run. And, and I, I really, it sucks to say, but they have the number one pass blocking offensive line in football, and they have the number five ranked run blocking offensive line in football. It's really tough to beat them um, because of that. The Giants, they're not very good against the run. You know, Aziz Ojolari has been hurt. Hattie's dop is pretty decent against the run. Kayvon, you know, he's a rookie, but he's he's adequate enough. It's not because of our defensive line. It's because of our linebackers. Our linebackers are massive liabilities in, the, in, in, uh, in stopping the run. Now, Gerard Davis, a lot more physical. He's better in that fast set. He's not good in coverage. That's probably why the Giants used him so much in this most recent game because they were like, we're just going to live with getting beat in coverage because he's such a better run stopper right now than Micah McFadden. He's such a better run stopper, even than Landon Collins, because he doesn't have that size, uh, more of a strong safety, more of a safety than a linebacker. So Gerard Davis, I expect him to be playing heavily in this game because they need him around the line of scrimmage. Is he going to get exposed in coverage every now and then? Probably. Uh, the Giants will live to see another day because of it, but um, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to stopping the run. Draw Davis, Jalen Smith have to have big games. They both have to have big games. They cannot miss tackles. They got to plug the right holes, and they have to be adequate um, in that facet. Now, it really may end up boiling down to that. You know, I think the pass rush will be okay. I think that we're going to get stonewalled a lot because of how good their offensive line is. But if we can stop the run, and, and it really boils down to those linebackers, um, you know, Anthony, when you're looking at them, we're outmatched for sure, but you know who's got to step up there? I mean, both of them really got to step up, but how integral do you think those linebackers are to winning this game? Yeah, I'm going to throw a name out there that needs to step up, and for me, it's Landon Collins. Landon Collins has been playing that safety linebacker hybrid role, and I think that's what the Giants need to do is just commit to that small defense because it works for them. When you look at that game against the Colts, uh, of course, Landon Collins with a 52-yard pick six, uh, that was a rejuvenizing play for the Giants. That was a huge play out of Landon Collins, but he was playing linebacker for a lot of that game. Rotates in and out, safety, linebacker. Tony Jefferson does the same thing. Now, Jason Pinnock a little banged up. It might be difficult to run that same style defense that they ran against the Colts, but Landon Collins could be an X-factor in this game. You know, you move him into the box, that gives you the coverage ability that Gerard Davis just cannot give you. Gerard Davis gets lost in coverage. He doesn't know what he's doing, but Landon Collins knows what he's doing because he used to play coverage safety. He used to be a safety. So you drop him down into the box. He still has the ability to plug some runs. We saw it week four. 14, week 12, whatever it was, Washington Sunday night game. The Giants won that game. We saw Landon Collins get down on the box and make some crucial run stops. So you throw Landon Collins.
bounds into the box. He's got the ability to stop any of those tight ends or short crossers from the receivers and zone coverage. And he has the ability to plug some holes holes in the running game. So Landon Collins, when we're looking at the linebacker position, that's who I'm keying in on for the New York Giants. Those other guys that we've talked about, they're just not getting it done. Jalen Smith, he has his struggles, right? He's not fast enough to get to the edge. He doesn't play well in coverage. Draw Davis, the guy that we just signed, I really like what he provides as a run defender. So yeah, it's a good thing that he's on the field for this game because the Giants are going up against a great rushing attack. But when you have him out in coverage, it's a total liability and the Giants cannot afford to have liabilities in the middle of their defense during this game against the Philadelphia Eagles. So they need to have someone out there that they can trust to play both in coverage and both against the run. So for me, it's going to be Landon Collins. I think he'll play a lot in this game and he'll be playing in the box primarily. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. When you're looking at this this defense, though, looking at the Giants' offense, we have to control possession in this game, and we cannot turn the football over, right? Two things. Saquon Barkley, maybe they were saving him for this game because they know they're going to need the best version of Saquon, and he did not get that many touches last week. But I think he only had like four touches in the second half, some really small amount. It activated him in the receiving game a little bit more prominently. Maybe they were like, we can match them offensively through the passing game. You know, we're doing well in that facet. We're not going to stop. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Saquon Barkley was the game plan this in this week because you're talking about a much better defense that has a very good secondary with James Bradbury and Darius Slade. They're going to be difficult to beat. The Giants really exposed Minnesota on those crossing concepts. You better believe the Eagles are going to be expecting that. You know what I mean? Those linebackers, they're going to be dropping right into those passing lanes where Daniel Jones was was extrapolating, or rather expanding on um, in, in the past. So I kind of feel as though... If you're looking to beat the Eagles, you got to set the tone on the ground. you got to dominate their front four. The offensive line's got to play their the best game of their lives. Um, you really got to move the chains, keep possession, demoralize them on defense, gas them, and then take your shots. That's kind of how I think they're going to have to go about this. Now, Daniel Jones coming off one of the probably the best game of his career through the air and on the ground. I mean, what do you do here? You know, how do you attack that Philadelphia defense? It's going to be difficult. The crossing routes, they work, but you got to make sure those linebackers or those, maybe those flat, those cornerbacks sitting in the flat are not going to undercut those routes. Um, we saw, what was it? Uh, the Bills do that. Who was it? The Miami. What, what game was it that had like five turnovers in the first? The Jags had Trevor Lawrence. The Jags. Uh, yeah, Asante Trevor Samuel. Lawrence the, four the Chargers. In the first half, man. And yep. Asante Samuel, two of those interceptions were just literally cornerbacks sitting in the flat and just jumping those routes and, and Trevor Lawrence not even seeing them. So yep. Daniel Jones got to be careful of that. The Eagles are going to try and bait him into making those throws. We know that. How can they take advantage of the bait, though? Because if there's a guy out of position, if you have a guy sitting there, that means somebody else is open downfield. Somebody else is open somewhere else. Maybe a lot of checkdowns. I, I don't know what they're going to do. Maybe Daniel Bellinger's heavily involved and in the tight end position as a receiver. You know, who do you think stands out in this game? Because, um, you know, we know James, we know James Bradbury. He's not a good man coverage corner. He's a lot better at playing zone. Um, so I think they're probably going to play a lot of zone. So there will be openings, but they're going to try and bait Daniel Jones to make bad throws. The question is, who should be the focal point here? You know, maybe it's Richie James. Maybe he has a big game. Who are you looking at in this one to be like, okay, we need this person to step up. Maybe this is someone we can focus on. Yeah, so a, a ton of names come to mind. You, you said a lot there, and I want to try and hit on all of it because in terms of baiting some of those cornerbacks into making some bad plays, the film breakdown that I did discussing Isaiah Hodgins is actually probably a good one to go look back at on the channel if you're watching this because there's a play in there, there's a couple plays in there where the Giants run some mesh concepts. Now, that's a great way to bait a cornerback, bait a linebacker because you just have a lot of crossing routes. Crossing routes are the best way to do it because you have these crossing routes and the, the cornerback or the linebacker has to pick one or the other, and whichever one they 
don't pick, you throw two. So that's how the Giants are going to create some of those mismatches deep downfield and even in the shallow portion of the field because the Giants were in this drive concept where they had Richie James do a shallow crosser over the field and then they had an over route from Isaiah Hodgins going across. That was against the Vikings in week 16 and Isaiah Hodgins broke open because the linebacker dropped down to guard Richie James. So that's how you get those linebackers baited into the coverage, those shallow cornerbacks baited into the coverage. That's where you find the open man, Alex, to answer that question. And then who's going to step up? It's going to be Isaiah Hodgins in my eyes. Isaiah Hodgins just had his breakout game, first 100-yard receiving game of his career against Patrick Peterson in the wild card round of the playoffs. You got to keep feeding him. He is the hot hand. He is the most reliable receiver on the Giants. Giants, he doesn't drop the ball. You got to keep creating plays for him and opportunities for him to get the ball out in space. He can run after the catch, but he also has the ability to make those tight uh, toe-tap grabs on the sideline, some contested catches as well. I really like Isaiah Hodgins' game. I love what he brings to the field, and I think that the Giants need to continue to call plays, like you just mentioned, Alex, where they bait a cornerback, bait a safety into jumping on a route, and then hitting over on Isaiah Hodgins for a big explosive play. And another player who can do that as well, Darius Slayton. Now, I know a lot of Giants fans are a little down on Darius Slayton right now. He dropped that pass that could have sealed the game for the Giants in the fourth quarter of the game in the wild card round, but he played pretty well. I, I thought that he played a solid game throughout that game, and I think that he's been solid for the Giants all season long, and I love what he can provide for the Giants with his run after the catch ability, and especially with his big play ability. So the Giants are going to dial up some deep shots. I think the Eagles are going to go into this game not expecting Slayton to get the ball too much, probably anticipating that his confidence is a little rattled. Maybe the Giants don't trust him after that drop. That's going to create an opportunity. They're going to sleep on Darius Slayton on one of those plays, I promise you. The Eagles are going to sleep on Slayton. He's going to find an opportunity to make a big splash play, and Daniel Jones, he's got to hit him. That's pretty much all it boils down to because there's going to be at least one to two opportunities here but here's the key factor can the the, can the pass blocking hold up can the pass protection hold up because there's going to be an opportunity where the Eagles sleep on Darius Slayton or one of these receivers and they have a deep shot downfield but is Evan Neal going to stand his ground against Hassan Reddick and these other guys Brandon Graham who had three sacks against the Giants and in the first matchup with the with the Eagles that's the question so if the Giants pass blocking unit the pass protection the offensive line can stand there hold their ground against the league leaders in sacks this season then we can create some of those big explosive plays. We can make some throws downfield to hopefully win this game. But if Evan Neal gets worked again like he did in the first matchup, if the offensive line crumbles like they did in the first matchup, it's going to be a long game because that's ultimately what made it such a long game in that first go around. The Giants got completely blown out, embarrassed by, by the Eagles. We called it a wake-up call. I think that's what it was because since then, the offensive line has played a lot better ever since that game. And they just turned in one of their best performances like in the last five years against the Vikings in the wild card round. So if they can build on that momentum, continue to to protect well in the passing game and keep Daniel Jones upright, we can see some of those big shots that we're talking about, bait some of those cornerbacks and hit those deep balls to Slayton and Hodgins. So that's really what it's going to boil down to for me on the offensive side of the ball. You mentioned Saquon Barkley. I think they need to feed him a little bit more, especially as you don't want to turn turn the ball over against this Eagles team. You just want to keep the ball on the ground. But when the Giants have to throw the ball, and they're going to have to throw the ball and make some plays through the air, if the pass protection doesn't hold up, it's going to be game over. So Evan Neal needs to have a great performance. Andrew Thomas has been elite all season long. He needs to stick to it. And the offensive line has to hold it together just at least one more time against a great defensive front to go out there and get the Giants to win. Absolutely. So now I'm looking at some of the stats here um, in terms of regular season stats. And I have to say, okay, so the Eagles have the number one defense in football when it comes to passing yards allowed per game, only 180 yards per game. That's number one. It's even better than the Jets who had first team all pro sauce Gardner and a very good guy in DJ Reed, New Orleans Saints are number two. 
Uh, the Giants actually are what? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14th. They rank 14th. So they're not bad. The, the Blitz packages definitely pick up. The fact that they actually rank that high is pretty impressive considering they don't they didn't have any cornerbacks the, first, the, the second half of the year. Uh, but if, look, if the Giants want to kind of beat the Eagles, they want to put them at a disadvantage, you look at their run defense. Their run defense is about smack average. It's, I think it's average or slightly below average. They're allowing 121.6 yards on the ground per game. This is where you got to beat them. You got It's got to be Saquon Barkley's show, man. It's got to be Daniel Jones. It's got to be him on the bootlegs, on the play action, on the RPOs, um, on those designed reads for Daniel Jones. This is where you're going to see DJ do it on the ground. He did a great job last week. They're going to have to keep building on that. This is this is an important variable. Saquon and Daniel Jones on the ground are what is going to beat the Eagles in the divisional round, in my opinion. Um, the passing game obviously will be prominent. If it's working, keep going with it. But they got to set the tone on the ground. They got to run hard and they got to protect the football. I would say that you're less of a risk of turning the ball over, knock on wood, if you're running the football, especially with Saquon, who does not fumble very often, knock on wood again. Um, and Daniel Jones, you know, he, he has his moments. Got to be safe with it, got to protect it, got to slide, don't take unnecessary hits. Those Eagles, they're going to be looking to punch the ball out. Daniel Jones cannot get hit in the field of play. He's got to go out of bounds. He's got to slide prematurely, protect himself, protect the football. Don't try to do too much because even even he could get hurt from getting hit by one of these guys. They're going to be going hard. They're going to be trying to knock him out of his game. Um, so I'll tell you what right now, Anthony, to wrap this episode, what do you think is going to be more, more important for the Giants in this contest? Passing or running the football? I'm going to go with setting the tone in the run, maintaining possession, and protecting the ball at all costs. You open up the passing game with the running game. That's what the Giants did against the Vikings in the wild card round, and that's what they're going to have to do against the Eagles in the divisional round. So in the early portion of that game in the first quarter, the Giants, they started throwing the ball with success after they started running the ball with success. Saquon Barkley ripped a couple big runs, and then after that, the Vikings defense was on edge. They kept trying to contain the run, and that opened up some great passing lanes downfield for Daniel Jones, and that's what they're going to have to do against the Eagles. Basically, you set the tone, just like you mentioned, Alex. You get Saquon Barkley the ball early and often, and then that opens things up for Daniel Jones. Everyone's going to be keying in on Saquon if you give him the ball five times on the first 10 plays. They're just going to be anticipating the next big run out of Saquon Barkley. If he can just get one to two, five to, to 15 yard runs on that opening drive, that will seal things for the passing game because that will get the Eagles guessing when's the next run. We need to slow down Saquon. We can't let him get going. And then they're going to start keying in on that. They're going to throw some extra linebackers on the field. And that's where you have those crossers, those drive concepts, all that stuff that I just mentioned to open up Hodge. James and Slayton downfield so that's really going to be the key here yeah which one is more important to me it's the run I think that the Giants need to feed Saquon Barkley in this game but also not only feeding him just using him to open up the passing game I like that the Giants got him more involved in the passing game in the last game uh, against the Vikings you know Saquon Barkley had a lot of receptions and a lot of yards through the air there and if you continue to just feed him the ball in all those creative ways whether that be you know uh, underneath passes or just running him between the tackles running him on the outside zone with Andrew Thomas as the lead blocker just get Saquon going he is your superstar. He is your X factor. He ran for over 1,300 yards this season. This is a big game. He wants the ball in these big situations, so give it to him. So that's that's how I would approach this game if I were the Giants. I am running the ball first and foremost, and I'm using that to complement it with a play-action passing game to get some receivers open downfield. Yep, I think that's exactly right. Got to open up the passing game through the running game. But guys, I'd love to hear your perspectives below on how you think the Giants can beat this Eagle team, where you think their weaknesses lie. Um, that shoulder for Jalen Hurts is definitely, definitely still hurt. 
Um, kind of a punny thing there, but basically someone actually just asked him, I just saw on Twitter, somebody asked him, do you think that they're going to be trying to target your shoulder? And he said, they have a bounty, like every week they have a bounty on me, not the Giants specifically, but teams in the NFL. I don't think the Giants are specifically going to be trying to hit his shoulder. I think more so just hit him because he has the freaking football. Um, now I do really want to see the refs not freaking screw us anymore. I do really want to see them call an, a fair, even game instead of dumbass roughing the passer calls that make no logical sense and being very one-sided. The Giants continuously having to play away is definitely not a great situation for them because, you know, we don't have that home field advantage and it feels like the refs are always against us. But this is going to be a fun one. They, the NFL wants this to be a very dramatic game. They're going to keep this close. They're going to find a way to make sure that this game is uh, is competitive until the very end. And I think that ultimately... Uh, the Giants have just as good a chance as anybody to beating this Philadelphia team. But as I said before, love to hear perspectives below in the YouTube comments. Make sure to like and subscribe as always. And we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Giants episode.